This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. It's about that time to hop it and drop it, Dave. Huh, just as I thought, there's an awkward silence. You don't know what I'm talking I, about, do I you? I do not know. <laughs> well, well, the hop it and drop it is my way of referring to one of the dry fly dropper rigs that we're going to talk about on today's podcast. And I, for one, am appalled that you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> anyway, fly fishers know that two flies on the water can be better than one. That's true for fishing nymphs, and it's true for dry flies, too. We're going to concentrate today on dry fly fishing. Uh, the concept is also known as tandem fly fishing. I'm sure there's other names for it, but uh, we're just going to talk about these, uh, uh, these different rigs that you can use. We should pause for a moment and just talk about two flies, or some people even yeah, use three yeah, flies. Right? right. So if you're new to fly fishing, you're thinking, I'm having enough trouble with one fly. Yeah. What is the real benefit of two flies? So what do you think? Well, I think this kind of setup provides a method of exploring all portions of the water column to see where most of the fish are feeding. Uh, when there's no surface action, the attractor may prove too tempting a morsel for the fish, uh, drawing them to the top. But if that's not working, we still have the dropper. And just beyond that, it gives them a, a look at two different patterns. They may be hot on one and not so hot on the other. Uh, before we talk about specific combinations, though, there, there are a couple of major options, and I, I think we ought to explain these. So uh, what are they, Dave? The first is a dry fly plus a dry fly. So in a sense, both flies are dry flies. So you might have a large attractor pattern like a large caddis, yeah, and you okay. might have on the back side of that a purple haze yeah. or a, you know, a right. parachute atoms. But both are sitting on the surface. Both are yeah. sitting on the All top right. of the surface. So dry yeah. fly plus dry fly. Okay? So what, what's another one? The second one is dry fly plus a wet fly. And that wet fly can be an emerger that's just, uh, just you know, underneath the film. It's, it's not... You know, it's not that far uh, down from the, the surface, but, but it is. It's underneath the surface. Or you could have a nymph that floats below the surface uh, even, you know, even lower if you have a long enough uh, tippet uh, on that. So, yeah, dry fly plus dry fly or dry fly plus wet fly. Those are the two options. Hey, we should also point out what may not be obvious to new fly fishers, and that is that the lead fly is typically larger now that's not always the case we'll dave will explain that in a moment but uh sometimes that lead fly if it may be larger but it's could be a specific pattern it could be an attractor uh the dropper though is usually smaller at least in the more traditional way of doing this and there there's a there's another way that dave's going to explain I've even used my lead fly as more of a strike indicator when I fish size 20 or or 22 PMDs, things that I can hardly even see. So I just watch that lead fly. Have you ever done that, Dave? I actually haven't done that as much. Yeah, and I haven't done it a lot, but a couple times Not I, for that small yeah. of, of, uh, of flies. And I don't like to, oh my goodness, I don't like to fish 22s, and, and even 20s are a stretch, but... You know, sometimes if that's the only thing 
that they're they're hitting on and you get a trico hatch or something yeah, well tricos are they're just <clears throat> small flies they really are yeah so i'm not expecting to catch anything on that lead fly that would be a shock but it, it really does work as a strike indicator now there's a couple of other more technical questions that that we have to answer before we get to uh, some of our favorite combos, and, and that is how do you attach uh, a dropper to your lead fly? So if you've got two flies, and I think you may even talk about using three, uh, how do you set up that rig? Steve and I most typically fish traditionally with two droppers. With because two it's pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. is pretty easy. So we typically, you have your fly, your main fly, and then you tie tippet to the bend of the hook, of that fly and add another eight to 10 inches of tippet material and then tie a fly at the end of that. So you have two flies that are maybe anywhere from eight inches to, I mean, you could put this as long as you want, right? Yeah. It's just the answer is always, it depends. Right. right? We, we always go with yeah, 12 inches, 12 inches is yeah. sort of the default and you yeah. can shorten it up or lengthen go it length. if, so, if you want. So you've tied the tippet material to the bend of the hook and then you've tied the smaller fly at the end of that tippet, mm -hmm. so the smaller fly is at the bottom. Okay, so that's one. There's a, the second is really a variation on that, where instead of tying it to the bend in the hook, you actually tie it to the eye of the hook. Now you have a friend that does yeah, this. I've friend. never actually heard of that. Yeah, and I'm trying to remember why he likes to do that. I, I think some of it is because Movement? that, yeah, that fly may swing to the side a little bit more. And then you don't have uh, something coming off the bend of the hook, although I've never had a, an issue with that. But Matt, how do you get two pieces of tippet through? Well, that's I mean, tying that's the, two knots, yeah, that's hard. That, that could be, especially if, if it would be a small fly at the beginning, if it's a, you know, if it's a size 14 or if, if it's a stone fly pattern. I can right. see that's, yeah, not, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's, not, that's not a problem. I, I think the other reason is that that may not, that knot may not slide around. Hmm. You know, I've had that happen of you where you tie it to the bend of the hook and the next thing you know, it's it's slid down to the barb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, you're yeah. using yeah, a barbed sure. hook. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have done. I have yeah. seen that happen too. Not too often. Yeah. So it's the bend of the hook. That's the first right. one. Or tying it into the eyelet, right? Right of that of, of that of same that, of that same fly. fly. The third is really yeah. comes from Euro nymphing, and our friend Glenn, who's a guide, has been after us to talk more about this. And I actually just read a book on this, and I'm actually going to be doing more Euro nymphing. I've done it before. I did it out in Colorado, uh, not in Colorado, in Utah, probably four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. I had a guide who helped us, and he he tied on like three or four. Um, lengths of tippet and your heaviest fly then is at the bottom mm -hmm. and then the next fly which is really your top fly is tied at the tag end of where okay. you tied your tippet on and tag end is just for for those who are new to fly fishing that's kind of the excess i mean just think if whatever knot you use to tie on the eye of your hook it's probably a clinch or an improved clinch remember there there's a little what little piece you know yeah. it could be you know, Depending quarter of an mean. inch or half an inch, but but in this case, you you just you deliberately make that longer so that yeah. you can add you can tie a hook to right. the end of so that. So that yeah. becomes another uh, yeah another tippet, another piece of line uh, to which you can put a fly at the end of. So this yeah. guide that I used out in, in Utah about four or five years ago, mm -hmm. he actually had three flies on. So he had the heaviest wow. fly at the okay. bottom, then he tied a a, a, mm -hmm. a 
uh, would be the dropper, but it's really yeah. not a dropper. It's an upper, really, <laughs> yeah, above yeah. it on mm-hmm. the where the tippet, the two tippets came together. Mm-hmm. He had other, yeah. he had like three or four stretches of tippet, and mm-hmm. so he he had tied three yeah. flies on there. I, now that's kind of interesting because I, I thought some of the conventional wisdom, even in what we do, is that you want that larger fly because that's sort of like an attractor. That, that that's the first thing they're going to see, and then if they you know, then if they miss that, um, well, they don't like that, they'll they'll say, oh yeah, hey, there, there's something else here coming along too that's smaller. But we're really getting into more nymphing. Um, yeah, and this yeah, is really we are primarily. Right. We're kind that's of right. dipping. we're talking about dry flies, yeah. aren't we? We're yeah. focused on dry yeah. flies, but it, it's good to really um, to talk about this because yeah. it um, because it actually explains kind of the different ways that you can tie on tippet, yeah. and not mm-hmm. tippet, but tie on sure. different types of flies. So yeah, that's more your own. That's yeah. the nymphing part that's of it. That's true. Yeah, and with dries, I wonder how that would work because because instead of having uh, flies trailing, you know, one trailing right behind the other, they could be they could be apart a little ways. And if you're if you're really trying to hit a particular you know, zone, you know, maybe they're on this seam and you feel like I got to be right there. I yeah, wonder I, how that would affect it. I don't so, know. I don't yeah. know. Maybe people use this method, like yeah. the Euro nipping model right. for dry yeah. flies. And if any of you flies. have, you're listening to this and you've, uh, you've done that, we, we'd love to hear about your kind of your experience. But yeah, so maybe the third yeah. way is really a nipping way. But it's, inter- it's interesting that I was listening when I, well, not listening, when I was reading this book on Euro nipping and they, had these profiles of these fly fishers who had won competitions. There's a guy named Cody in mm-hmm. the USA who had won, and he talked okay. about the flies that he used. But he likes his nymphing, this Euro nymphing rig. He actually used double tapered line oh, wow. instead of level line for okay. his Euro nymphing. Interesting. The point yeah. simply is he uses it both for dry fly fishing and nymphing. Okay. My guess is yeah. his setup for the dropper is different. But yeah. anyway, All right. we digress here. Yeah, and on this particular link, if you're on our website, you go to our website where we've posted this podcast. Uh, there's, there's a link that uh, we've provided so that you can watch a video on on how to do this because yeah. uh, that's you know it's, it's sometimes it's a lot easier to see it than to hear it talk yeah, it's about. from the flyfishingbasics.com website yeah. and we'll post that in the right. show notes just on a two fly setup uh, yep now we'll say this if you're new to to uh, uh fly fishing and to uh you know using a dropper uh do whatever makes sense whatever is easiest to you and and hey we've We've caught a ton of fish, you know, just using the old traditional method. I don't know, maybe we do, maybe we do a bit more. But hey, on some of those twenty-five fish days, do you think we would catch another three or four? I mean, I, I don't know. The fishing is so good that, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm not too worried no, about that. You, no, you'll no. catch fish. All right, we're going to pause for just a moment for a word about our sponsor. Today's sponsor is Doctor Squatch. I noticed that you are really smelling fresh today. <laughs> kind of a pine scent. <laughs> really? That's the best you can do? <laughs> I smell great today? That's horrible. <laughs> what a compliment. Huh? Well, I'll tell you, we are big fans of Dr. Squatch Outdoor Soap. Yeah, when they approach us about uh, being a sponsor, uh, we, we've always made the commitment we wouldn't have any sponsors of products that we weren't uh, you know, really sold on, really enthusiastic about. And I... I can say we are. I'm so enthusiastic that, that I even uh, ordered some uh, because they, they're going to provide it for us to test it. But uh, I couldn't wait. I just love that uh, 
that pine tar uh, soap and, and the shampoo and conditioner is great. So it uh, really is good stuff. We, we honestly use it, and I, I, we think you'll love it. I used it this morning. In fact, I was telling my oldest son, who's home for the summer, he's 22, former college football player, and I was telling him about it, and he goes, really? So he went and took a shower. He had the pine tar bar, and he goes, Dad, I really love this. It really is for guys. Yeah, I yep, mean, it's a really guy's is. soap. Yep. So you feel squeaky clean, go to the website, drsquatch.com, buy as much product as you can, put in the promo code 2GUYS2, two, and then guys, 2GUYS. I think you'll really enjoy the product. And now back to our podcast. So how long, Steve, does the tippet really need to be? We talked about that just briefly, but... Is it just depend on where you're fishing? I mean, I think yeah. you need a, we need a rule of thumb for new fly fishers. Is it a foot below yeah. the the large fly? I think that's pretty. I think that's about right. So we're we're talking about how much space are between your flies, and yeah, I think we tend to go about twelve inches. Some anglers will go with as much as a a twenty inch tippet, but. Uh, man, it's easier for me to handle a two-fly rig that isn't spaced so far apart. Uh, yeah, I was in Colorado recently, mm-hmm. and I, I put this dropper. Now, I was dropping an emerger, not another dry fly. Mm-hmm. I was dropping yeah. an emerger, and I only had it about eight inches below yeah. because it was such a small creek yeah. with really small runs. Right. And... Um, so I, I only had it about 80 inches, but that was because of the, of the terrain, not the terrain, but, right. the, but the stream bed. Yeah. So. Yeah, really, I, I can't think of many situations where I'd want it any longer than a, a foot, unless you're trying to uh, really get that lower fly, the dropper fly, unless you're trying to get that down, um, but, and most often, you're trying to have it function, to me, as an emerger. Yeah, you really are. Yeah. So then that's not an issue because an emerger is going to be uh, you know, near the surface. I mean, obviously, they, they can be emerging uh, you know, from the bottom to the top, but usually emerger patterns are designed to work just below the surface. Yeah, just a word to the wise, the downside of a two-fly rig or a three-fly rig, if you do it, is the risk of getting tangled. And I've spent many a minute on the stream on doing the bird's nest that I've created with an errant <laughs> back cast. <laughs> if it's really windy, oh, man, and you're oh, like, yeah. eh, I don't think I'm going to do three. I might yeah. not even do two, I, if, especially if I'm dry fly fishing. Yeah. I'm just doing one. I know it. And that may be a good thing to say. I, I don't do a dropper that often with dry fly fishing, except for this first one, that this first combo that we'll talk about. A lot of times I just go with with one fly, but but if there's a hatch on or or if it's if it's hoppers, then we'll do it. So yeah, let's talk about some combos. And the first one is what I call the hop it and drop it. Okay, I, I there think, we are. I think we ought to patent that. <laughs> I think that's pretty clever. Something good ought to come out of this podcast. I know that's yeah. right. Well, this <laughs> something is something original because we are ex- so oh, original when it comes to fly fishing. I know it. <laughs> Well, it's, we're the innovators. Yeah, no kidding. Well, <laughs> all this is is a hopper pattern with a smaller dry fly at the end. And honestly, whenever I fish a hopper, I always do this. I always have. I always drop something else. Dave, what are some of the things that you like to drop off? Well, one of, of my the... favorites is the flying ant. Yeah, and that's... it's just one of those things I love. You know, I, I still remember I have this image in my mind fishing what we call hopper hopper run which is on on the yellowstone Mm -hmm. and i had this it had this big hopper pattern as my top fly and then i was dropping 
this flying ant and it had these wings and it it didn't sit on top of the surface. It, mm-hmm. it got wet and it was just sitting it's below the film, the film and watching. Yeah. I watched once I got, and seeing this cutthroat come out of the deep oh, and hit that thing. That's a thrill. It was such a thrill. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I, you know, if I'm fishing. <clears throat> You know, we're fishing hoppers. Sometimes yeah. I'll fish a, something different than two hoppers. Yeah. Some other terrestrial. Right, yeah. And I think that's the key. A terrestrial is better in an ant pattern or a beetle. I mean, I, you could put a parachute Adams or you could put a royal wolf or something on the end. But good night. If it's hopper season, it's also ant season yeah, and beetle sure. season. Yeah. So do that. So here's a question for you, Steve. What? fly do you actually watch you know that's actually a good question i hadn't really thought about that Uh, what fly do i watch well it's it's always going to be the lead fly the the hopper pattern because that's large and easy to see i mean if i if i get a strike on i'm not trying to watch that little ant or that little beetle Uh, if if it gets a strike I'll, i'll see the hopper disappear like a bobber or a strike indicator now you just pointed out sometimes though depending on what kind of a pattern you use and and if the water is crystal clear uh, you can see that ant or that you know that little uh, beetle right below the surface and if you get a fish that comes darting out from under the bank you can't miss that for sure and that that's cool but yeah otherwise just watch the big fly that that's going to tell you everything you need to know so okay that's one combo which is basically dry fly plus dry fly or terrestrial plus terrestrial right there's and we've been kind of alluding to this already but there's that second combo and what's that yeah it's the big fly plus the small fly i mean i suppose the hopper and then the dropper fits into that category but this would be everything else so the big fly is just some kind of a big attractor pattern and by big we're talking about a size 14 or a size 12 and then we've got a smaller fly on it it could be the same pattern it could be a different pattern but uh, probably a size 16 or a size 18 maybe even a size 20. so what are some combos that you like here dave your your big fly and then your small fly a couple years ago we had that really good day on 16 mile we had a bunch of those spruce moths yeah and they Mm -hmm. even though we were fishing hoppers it was hopper season yeah those those browns, those rainbows, even the cuts were were hitting that spruce yeah. moth. Spruce moth. They really like that. And so I really became that became one of my mm-hmm. favorite top flies. Yep. So the spruce moth or the H and L variant, which is, you know, the rough water fly yep. that sits nice and high on top of the water. Plus, okay, I might drop uh, drop a tiny caddis or BWO depending on the time of year and obviously where I'm fishing. Um, there's nothing though like a big frumpy elk hair caddis oh, yeah. as your top fly, right? Yeah, this I big know. old size 12 yep. or size 14, and mm-hmm. uh, you, I just love being able to see that top oh, fly. <laughs> I know, I know. What about you? What's your uh, favorite combos in this? Yeah, I mean, I category? like you know spruce moth, elk hair caddis. Uh, I I like the humpy uh, flies, you know. Uh, uh, red humpy, yellow humpy. I've even used uh, green. They're yeah, they're another rough water fly. Uh, a royal wolf or, or a royal trude works well. I have a friend in Montana. John is his name. Uh, he fishes everything. He fishes is with a royal trude, and man, he catches fish. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are good flies. Then a then a the dropper fly would be maybe a small size 18 parachute atoms or or it could be an elk or caddis uh you know dry fly 
if if I want this to the second fly to to just sit below the surface, I've used a, you know a hare's ears nymph, even a red copper john, or some kind of an emerger pattern. Now I'm not one of these guys. I've heard of fly fishers using 40 inches of tippet to have the bottom fly get near the bottom in the nymphing zone. I think that's that's just too hard to do. If I'm going to nymph, I'll just go yeah. nymph. If I'm going to nymph, I'm yeah. going to nymph. Yeah, 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 yeah. And no, I, I think if I'm dry fly fishing, that that dropper fly is either going to be another dry that's uh, just gives them a smaller pattern or a different look, or I'm going to use an emerger. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I uh, what I'd have to say about that. All right, what's a third type of uh, combo? And this will be our final one. Well, here. it's. In, in a sense, we've already been talking about this. It's the pattern plus the emergence. Yeah. Right? yeah, we've kind of... Uh, These all blur together. We, we blur them yeah, together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you could put a, a dry fly plus a nymph, more of a nymph, or you mm -hmm. could put a dry fly more of an emerger pattern. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in this case, you're trying to imitate a specific kind of fly with both your lead fly in the done stage and your dropper yeah, and in the emerger and stage. And that's the difference, And that's isn't the difference, yeah. yeah. So... I know during a BWO hatch you could fish a you know a top fly BWO pattern or even a parachute Adams as yeah, your lead fly right. and then a BWO emerger as your dropper you know Steve what what are the BWO emerger patterns that you like? You know I like the looks of the WD forty. I haven't used it that much, but I'm going to start. In fact, you you just you just used that, didn't you? I did. We were out at Bear Creek about two weeks ago, and I was out in Colorado and. I was fishing dries, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to drop a WD-40. Mm -hmm. I had a bunch of them in my fly box, and I did. And I, bought, I and that was when I was dropping only about 8 inches. Mm -hmm. I, I caught probably 10 fish in 2 hours, and half of them were on that WD-40. Wow. By the way, that WD-40 is a beta submerger, basically. Yeah, and it, okay. It, um, you know, the WD stands for wood duck. And yeah, there's that's a guide, right. I forget Not his water name. displacement no. like in the uh, WD-40 <laughs> that we use around the house. No, know? not water displacement. I, it's There's some guide out, I think it's out yeah. in Colorado, who actually created that fly. Okay. But it's, it's done with a wood duck feather, actually yeah, from the, the wing. The thread and dubbing, that you know, that's the body. It's kind of olive or light olive, even black. Some tires yeah. use black. But then the, the tail. It doesn't look like much. No, actually. it doesn't. The tail and the wing casing, you know, which is on the top at the head of the fly. Yeah, that's where you use that dyed mallard flank, yeah, the, the wood sure. duck. So, so another, and, and did you say too that you outfished my brother that day? I did, I did, and I I can't it, believe it because he he's well, a master. He, yeah. You know, I bet what happens though, he's just a dry. It's he's dry fly, completely dry fly. Yep. He's he's not going to bother with a they were, with a dropper. They were, so. you know, it was the middle of the afternoon. We thought, oh, this is not even going to be good. Yeah. And there were fly fishers on the stream, but we had this stretch to ourselves. You know, the cars are buzzing yeah. by. It's kind of my worst scene. Yeah, it's almost like yeah. you're up near Evergreen, Colorado, but yep. it's like almost urban fishing right yep i know it but i tell you what i so i they did stop hitting the dry so i thought eh, i'm gonna drop an emerger here so i did and it wow. it, it made the difference between and yep. your brother caught fish no doubt yeah. but i think i outfished him by twice and that's the value isn't it of yeah. using the dropper i mean sometimes they're going to key in on that emerger uh, more than uh uh, that they will the, the the fly that's on the surface in the done stage. So what's another good combo, Dave? Another is the elk hair caddis trailed by mm. a caddis emerger. I remember a couple springs ago, you and I were fishing in the driftless, and mm -hmm. I remember 
I, we, we couldn't catch them on the surface. And I dropped an emerger, a caddis emerger, and all of a sudden I started catching fish. And that mm-hmm. often will happen, right? Even though they were uh, surfacing, mm-hmm. yeah. you could see them rising. They just weren't yep. getting what I was throwing. And sure. it, it may have been color. It may have been size. Right. I'm not sure. But the Lake Gary Font- La Fontaine created a, a deep sparkle pupa and an emergent sparkle pupa. Those and are pretty popular. Yeah, they really yeah. are. So what? which one do you like? You know, another one is an olive serendipity if I'm fishing in the west. and But I've caught uh, fish on the serendipity and the driftless as well. It's amazing how these flies that sometimes you think start out in the west, yeah. mm-hmm. you can, you, they fish well in other areas. That's true. I mean, a mayfly is a mayfly is a mayfly, and uh, yeah. they're, 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 very, they're similar from from coast to coast. Yeah, there's some differences, but... You know, at the end of the day, our, our mantra that we always say is is go to the fly shop and, and get some good intel, and, and they'll give you the, they'll yeah, tell you the sure. emerger pattern to you use. You also like the red fox squirrel nymph. Oh, you know, I really do. With an Elcare caddis on top, uh, if, if the caddis hatch is, is on, that, that red fox squirrel nymph is a good pattern. Uh, Bob Granger taught me to tie it, and I think what I like about it is that the thorax uh, with the, the red fox squirrel hair uh, pulsates in in the water. It really is a, is a striking pattern. Yeah, yeah huh. it, it does. I've so. never used that. And, and I've used that too before the hatch. In some ways, that may work as well better uh, before that. A little bit before the hatch, that that pattern's been dynamite for me on the Yellowstone. Well, we're not going to go through all no, no, the no. major patterns. But the bottom line is, if there are PMDs on the water. Uh, your lead fly is going to be a PMD done pattern, and then the dropper is going to be a PMD emerger. And that's true whether it's Hendrickson's or March Brown's or, or BWO's, as we've been talking about. Uh, you just make sure that you are, uh, yeah, if, if you're using one of those uh, flies, maybe you just have a, an Elcare caddis on it, and the hatch is going on, you're not catching anything. Uh, well, don't take that off. Uh, try, a, try a dropper. Hey, one other final word of caution, Dave, that we probably ought to uh, share with our yeah, listeners. Yeah, and that's just that make sure if a two-fly rig is legal in the state or in the park or wherever you're at yeah, where you're fishing. Right. And I don't think there's a ton of places where that's illegal, but there are right. some places mm-hmm. where they only allow a single fly. Yeah. And I wonder if it's more prevalent back in the east, because we do so much of our fishing in the west, and I, I just haven't run into anything. No, I haven't. Not in the west. Yeah. No. But, hey, it's a good reminder. We better check those regulations. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. This is Lincoln on our podcast on nymph fishing tips from our listeners. Uh, we ought to give subsurface flies some time, shouldn't we, Dave, yep, after we sure. talked about dries for most of the podcast, except for that little uh, <laughs> uh, digression into Euro-nymphing. Into Euro-nymphing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, anyway, this is what Lincoln said. He said, one tip I would recommend is high sticking. I don't think we're talking about hockey here, right? No. He said, I that's was... a bad thing, right, <clears throat> in hockey? Yes, in hockey, that's a bad thing. Uh, Lincoln said, I was lucky enough on my vacation in the Black Hills to do a half-day guided trip on Spearfish Creek Canyon. That's a beautiful area. Oh, it is. Beautiful little creek. And I was so concerned with my mending that I was neglecting keeping my rod tip high. So, so hence... Uh, Uh, high sticking. My guide reminded me of this technique and on the faster moving streams of the Black Hills it really slowed my drifts down and gave the fish more time to see my fly and to allow my fly to get to the bottom. That's really good advice. 
high so, sticking really works in yeah. in, uh, in smaller areas. It does, and keeping your you know just keeping your rod tip high. Plus, anytime you're lifting it, you can get a. I, I know some guys that will lift it and drop it and lift it and drop it to imitate an emerger. Yeah, uh, that can, that can work as well. They always say, "Who was that?" You know, at the end of your, especially on these rivers where you got long, long drifts, mm-hmm. right at the end to lift your tip and not just crank that fly yeah. back in, but lift your mm-hmm. tip right at the end of the drift yeah. to imitate, you know, an emerger. Yep, that's right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Hey, what are your favorite dry fly plus dropper combos? Please share them with us by commenting on this podcast link at twoguysinariver.com. Do you have any other insights about fishing a dry fly dropper rig? Combos or cautions or techniques? Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for referring our podcast. That is how we have grown, Uh, whether it's to your TU chapter or fly fishing club or just uh, a partner or friend. Uh, We are so grateful for your trust and just very appreciative of the time it takes just to mention this to someone else one more thing if you haven't yet purchased our book we'd love to have you purchase it it's called the fly fisher's book of lists life is short catch more fish you can find that on amazon and also if you have any ideas for any podcast episodes shoot them our way you can find us on well instant messenger email us at steve dave at two guys uh, I think you know where to find us. We'd love we're all ears. So uh, send what you have and we'll you'll probably find it uh, in in the next two or three months we'll have it as one of the episodes. Sounds good. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are two guys in a river. For the love of fly fishing. Mm-hmm.